0: I'm really excited to be talking to you today. So can you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, um, yeah, I'm Annalisa Takara um, and I am, um, well, I'm I'm a person of many things, but I guess predominantly I'm a cultural producer and communications and marketing
0: consultant. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think you could have answered that in a myriad of ways, but I guess that's the um, title that we will stick with for now yeah. <laughs> Um. so how are you doing in the quarantine and how have you taken care of your well-being
1: yeah I mean the quarantine this whole lockdown um, has really suited me I think because I'm quite busy and I do various different things um, and I'm also finishing um, a master's at the moment like I really needed the break and so I mean not that you know because the, the lockdown is a break by any means because i feel like mm. i've worked more in the lockdown than what i do normally um <laughs> But um, it's been really good um, just kind of taking some time out and focusing on me and the things that I want to do and um, picking up little hobbies. And I mean, I've been looking after myself by going for walks quite a bit. So um, during the lockdown, I was I decided, um, well, I spent about the first four weeks of lockdown eating a lot of food, being in bed, watching Netflix, obviously doing my work and then going back to bed again. And it was just I was getting into a bit of a cycle and i um, thought to myself do you know what I really need to pick myself up so I set myself a goal to lose weight basically during lockdown and Mm. I was like right I'm gonna start walking because my fitness isn't great as it is um so I set myself like a little goal of you know how many minutes you know certain minutes that I was going to walk during lockdown um in the mornings so I started that did probably about two three weeks then I kind of upped Mm. it a bit so Yeah, so the whole of lockdown, I've been walking sort of in the mornings, in the evenings, at least 50 minutes, um, and I've actually lost two stone, so um, it's been quite quite good for me. (laughs) So um, And then the last two weeks, I've started back um, with a personal trainer, so I've been doing that three times a week, Um, so I think for me, it was more about getting really clear on what it was that I wanted to do and using this time productively, um, but also rest, because there's this whole I mean I've I've listened to so many different sort of um people say about how we should be productive during this time or we should you know be resting and there's like quite a lot of messages coming through and I think for me it was more about okay what is it that I need what does my body need what is it that I need to do during this time so I kind of just um yeah focused on that and um and went for it (laughs) um so I mean yeah so so lockdown's been really really good for me in terms of just knowing the next steps of what it is that I want to do in life
0: (laughs) yeah that's so refreshing to hear and I think like what you were saying I would listen to a lot of podcasts where it would say or even articles that would just say take advantage of this quote unquote spare time be productive learn a language and I feel guilty if I wasn't doing those things yeah but the fact that you're saying like no, I set my own goal and I've rested and I'm also doing a lot of walking like that is really refreshing and um well I, I think it's motivating to hear yeah uh, yeah do, do you have just on that note quickly do you have like a favorite route that you you go on because th- I think that's another thing though um there aren't a lot of available routes because well maybe it'll change now but we've been limited to where we can move around due to the lockdown so do you do the same route or do you go to different routes uh,
1: i do the same route every morning every evening oh really do um, you not get sick of it uh, yeah but i think cuz i'm a real routine person so once i'm in a routine i'm in a routine and um and i think because the route that i do so it's a 50 minute walk which for me i'm still like cuz my fitness levels aren't amazing it's it's still quite tough for me so I think until I've built up and can completely walk that without no stress and you know not being Mm. tired then um and I think for me that's that's really the goal is building up so I can just walk the whole 15 minutes without you know without stopping without having to (laughs) moan or anything like that um (laughs) But I listen to podcasts while I'm walking, so I feel like I'm getting sort of knowledge inputted in my brain and obviously exercising
0: at the same time. So it's quite good, actually. Uh, oh, I see. So you're trying to master that route until you progress into a different yes. or harder route. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's a good idea. so just to that that's really nice to hear like honestly um just to switch gears so this season is about heritage and I think because we're at home a lot more like each of us has definitely thought a lot about like our past and like how it's like impacted us up until this point I mean I'm sure we always think about that to a degree but you know because we're like forced to confront these emotions because we're at home I think it's just been on our minds more Mm. so that's the reason why we chose a season so just wondering and I know this is a very general question but I was just curious how you would interpret it but um can you share your own heritage and how it impacts you today
1: yeah of course I mean so I am Um, mixed race so I'm um half Jamaican, half English, um brought up uh, sorry, born in London. Um I was adopted well fostered and then adopted. Um so yeah <laughs> that's kind <laughs> of my background. Um and I was adopted to two um Jamaican parents who were very much keen on me learning about who I was um in terms of like my history my heritage um where you know the, the story of, of black people the story of Jamaican people mm. um and so I've grown up kind of very much in that um environment and and knowing i was and actually it wasn't really until i moved to so i've always seen myself as black i've always called myself black i've always i've never even though i'm mixed race that's never been like um the overarching if that's the right word um narrative of my life it's always been oh yeah you're black i'm black and it wasn't until actually i moved to sheffield and um started talking to other mixed race people that i realized Mm -hmm. that actually being mixed race is a thing like and, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it was interesting because it, it, it like I've met a couple of mixed race people you know in Sheffield and um and the conversations that we've had about being mixed race or what our heritage is has 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 been very different to or they've had a very different experience to what I have and mm. sometimes I don't relate on the same level and I think that is because obviously I'm adopted to two black parents and I think that had I had, if I had had a a white mum or a white dad, then I probably would have had obviously a different um, experience of growing up and being mixed race. Um, So Mm -hmm. I, and I don't have that. So it's um, a, to, to an extent. So it's, it's, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, But I think how it's impacted me is um, I'm, And I think, again, it's the same as being adopted, how that's impacted me. And I think I'm very much about sort of um, learning about who I am, but knowing who I am and embracing that. And a couple of years ago, um, I was inspired to start up a local um, sort of not-for-profit called Armel, and that came out of um, Sheffield Black Lives Matter March in 2016. Um, Mm. A group of us – I was one of the organisers for that – and a group of us – So it wasn't a group of us at the time. It was um, a friend. uh, Well, actually, she was a stranger. A stranger basically contacted me on Facebook and was like, oh, um, I'm interested in doing black women's meetup sessions in Sheffield. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. That's awesome. So we, we met up, started chatting, realized that we had really similar interests. I wanted to do events for Black History Month. She wanted to do a festival. And so we kind of, we combined the two together and launched Sheffield's first Black History Month festival, which was called Melanin Fest. Um, And that was um, a series of about 43 events in Sheffield. And we worked with about 40 or so organisations, including both the universities, Theatre Daily, Frog and Parrot, Showroom Cinema. We programmed, we helped programme Showroom Cinemas um calendar of films actually for for black history month oh though. that's so cool um and yeah and so that was kind of the start so from there mm. we then developed an idea called armel which was because um which basically was kind of a, a community it is a community and it's mm. it was because we didn't want to just do events for black history month because obviously every month is black history month and it shouldn't just mm. be one month in the year we wanted to keep it year long so mm-hmm. um we we set up um our mail and i mean since those that was 2016 we had the idea we launched the festival 2017 and we've now done or hosted about 70 events in sheffield um and we've also launched a second festival in leeds so um that launched in 2018 for black history month and then we did in the same year that we launched Melanin Fest in Sheffield, we also launched a smaller festival in London. So, yeah, we've been quite busy, but I think a lot of that has come out. And so our Mel is about exploring history, heritage, culture. Um, and I think a lot of that and um, has come out of, obviously, myself and Gabs, who was the person who started with with me at the time it came out sort of our self-exploration on wanting to find out more about who we were and the history that we're taught because we're not fully taught it in schools and um Mm, and, and also we noticed that there was a massive lack in Sheffield um in general to do with anything to do with black history or representation um or inclusion and so we definitely started a dialogue on race in Sheffield that hadn't happened before. Now, I know that there are lots of things happening now to do with race, and we all seem to be talking about it. But back... I mean, this is... And this is only going four years ago. Back four years ago, there was mm. nothing. And yeah. if you looked at the festivals, the festivals... And they still are very whitewashed. Um the you know... Um, and then there just wasn't really much. It's same with, like, um, if you went to, like, the museums or... Sheffield theatres, again, there's just not much happening um, in terms of black culture, history and heritage. Um, And so really the challenge was to for these organizations to actually okay, start thinking about representation within their own organizations, and um, start thinking about what the events that they're programming, what are you programming to your festivals. And so I think we did start to, or we have definitely started this conversation and got people sort of thinking more about their organizations. And then obviously with the rise of the Black Lives Matters protests that have just happened, we uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more of that happening now. Um, and there's obviously undoubtedly going to be more kind of black events and things like that or more um or more organizations trying to act like they're being more diverse and inclusive so I think um yeah so I think what what we did with RML and what we're aiming to do has um caused a massive
0: uh, or created a massive impact in Sheffield um, when I came across RML I just thought what a cool name um, how did you come across that name come across how did you come up with that name
1: so um, it was actually Gabs who came up with the name for it and um, it was um, we we were toying with ideas because we wanted to well, we wanted to, we wanted a different name we wanted to a kind of a cool name I guess yeah and um, we we kept coming up with different names and we just couldn't get one that fitted correctly and so um we thought of melanin because we've all got melanin inside of us right. so we called it mel for sure because obviously that's that's short for melanin yeah. um, and then the r came from the hour and came from uh like it's quite Yorkshire, so everybody says, like, our Sam or our Joe or that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's so that's true. what it was. We wanted to keep the the ness to it. Um, so we developed that. I mean, Gabs um, is Sheffield-born and bred, so um, it was kind of like, yeah, we just wanted to keep it quite Yorkshire. Um, and that's where the name spun from, really. And,
0: yeah, it's been quite popular. <laughs> yeah. I like the local twist, yet the uh, pertinent identity reference as well. Yeah. Um, the other thing that um, that I thought of as you were talking about this, this process is that um, I think in well, not just Sheffield, really, but whenever people feel the need to launch these types of projects um, and by people, I mean, predominantly white people, they kind of leave it to a tokenistic person of color to launch a project or they create something and then as a result i feel like that event or project doesn't it's not genuine it's not reflective of the culture of like black people or you know people of color in general um so as you mentioned that whole process i just thought wow that's just so great that um you and Uh, (laughs) I love how you said stranger at first, but you and your friends um, just took it in your reins and just initiated this entire project, um, which then turned into an event and something much, much bigger. But I think another thing to note is that, you know, on this podcast, like we've tried to reach out to our friends who are women of color and a lot of women of color are very afraid or maybe you're afraid, nervous to be featured or nervous to launch projects um, or at least if it's going to be publicized because then, you know, we become that representation. People look at us and be like, oh, all women of that identity background are going to be X, Y, Z. It's like a lot of a lot of pressure, I think. Mm. So how did you and Gabs, am I okay to call her Gabs? yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you two, I mean, it sounds like you two were really just, Um, just felt motivated to push through but did, did you experience any of what i described and how did you push through it i i mean
1: i've got quite a tough skin so not not much really affects me if really um but i i think it is like you're the voice of black people and um you know, and, and we're not at all like black, black people aren't monolithic, like say, black yeah. women are monolithic. You know, we're yeah. not the voice of black people, mm. but I think that there was this expectation, and I think there was also, um, um. And yeah an expectation from off that from both sides actually from both black people and from both um and from white people as though we were yeah speaking on behalf of everybody and it was like <laughs> yeah we're not we're just doing this thing because for us there was a need you know so yeah. it was really really interesting and and after that actually i i mean i used to get a lot of emails um asking me to uh, like speak on this platform or speak here or speak here. And um, it got to the stage where I just kind of basically started ignoring emails because Mm -hmm. I was like, there are more people than just me. It's not just me to talk you know, talking yeah. about this thing. And I think there is this expectation um where, you know, you're you're the outspoken black person, therefore you are speaking on behalf of everybody else. And it's <laughs> yeah. like you know, we're not, we're really not like um so so yeah, I think um yeah, I did, um I think to to an extent um but then for me it was more i mean our mail was a, was a little hobby um and it i mean i was working a full time job when i launched melanin fest um so everything that i did for the festival was literally in my spare time so i, I worked i'd obviously work my day job and then i'd come home and i'd work hours and hours for melanin fest and that's how it was for quite a number of months wow, at least yeah. a year um and and I just yes yeah, solidly worked on both um and I think and I think for me it was less about what other people the expectations of other people were on me to deliver something and more about what is it that I wanted to deliver um and that we wanted to deliver and, and what was it that we were trying to do or what was the aim of it and so I think by keeping that in focus you kind of shelter out the voices of everybody else um because there was a lot of pressure um
0: at the beginning for sure
1: yeah
0: so how did you develop that tough skin and like motivation to just push through it
1: um so for me um so it's really interesting well it's not actually <laughs> um, but i um so i suffered uh with depression for about eight years um ever since i was 19 and when i i moved to sheffield when i was 23 um so um so that was two so 2010 is when i moved to sheffield so i've been here 10 years and for seven of those years um I have literally lived with depression. So I've gone to work, I've come home, I've just stayed in bed, I've just done the bare minimum. And it was wild because when the Black Lives Matter march happened in Sheffield and, you know, I, I helped with organising it, it was it was like that march woke something up inside of me. and And then from then on I couldn't rest or I couldn't stop because I had this, like, mission and, you know, yeah. I just had to keep going. But... It and it, it was it was wild, and I think a lot of the tough skin has come from the fact that I that depression stole like t- t- so many years of my life. You know, it, mm. it, I mean, it got that bad that I almost um, you know tried to kill myself. So I think that um, and and so a lot of that is kind of my motivation for why I'm so focused right now because I've had so many years stolen from me. Uh, you know, I should actually, I guess, in my own time timeline I should have been doing this or should have been doing that and I wasn't and I think I've been really grateful to have um, a good group of friends around me who are also motivating and go get in and do you know what I mean? And so I think yeah. I've and, and and my parents have always grown me up to be quite strong. I mean my mum's a strong woman. So I think um I think for me there was I've always been this type of person who who developed um tough skin. And I think as well, like when I mean I'm a fat black woman, you know, I'm a fat black woman who's loud. And I mean fat black women in general don't get treated very well. And so I think when um you know when you've gone through so much of your life being called certain names, this, and the other and you know fatness is always something that is there and will always um and and is all and is you then i think you just naturally or i have definitely naturally developed that skin so um things don't really bother me as much as probably they might bother somebody else um but that's just me
0: (laughs) (laughs) no I thought that was interesting I don't know why you said it wasn't interesting (laughs) Uh, wow yeah that was um I know that was very personal so really I'm grateful that you shared that with me um I I know this wasn't really I this kind of relates to the next few questions but um I think it ties into what you're saying did you have any relatable role models growing up like around you or like in the media
1: uh no not really I think the role models that I saw was sort of definitely Mallory Blackman for instance um mm-hmm. who else growing up It's a good question yeah, no I think just Mallory Blackman yeah yeah <laughs> which is wild we it's wild and i you know that's yeah it's wild no just marie blackman i'd say wow well not just because she's amazing but oh oh yeah, yeah of
0: course <laughs> but I can't think of any others now i well I, I think that that's very telling um mm. i mean thank goodness you you are able to name one but but still like you should be able to have These options which is not like very telling um I mean do do you think that it is getting better for uh the generation below us yeah definitely
1: definitely I think that um we've seen the rise of so many incredible um black women who are and black men who are doing you know just fabulous stuff and I think that Mm -hmm. There is more of um more role models out there, and more people kind of um, yeah, there's more limelight, I guess um I mean, there's still a long way to go if you look at representation um sort of in the media, um there's definitely definitely a long way to go, but I think that we're getting there slowly or we're gonna yeah getting there slowly yeah versus
0: on this slowly, yeah <laughs> do you have any tips you would like to share with? um by pop women um I guess just be
1: confident in who you are really and go for your dreams don't let um negative views or people's opinions get in the way and and give yourself that permission to own your stuff own your space um and yeah and go for it I think so often we we don't really um give ourselves permission or we um doubt ourselves a lot or we don't think that we we can do do something when actually we can and we're probably more capable of doing it than we actually realize um so for me I think it's um yeah (laughs) own your space and well firstly create your own space and and own it yeah
0: yeah I think that's excellent advice um I you know I like I, I grew up somewhere I think I would categorize relatively liberal, but I never had advice like that. It was always go for it, but but be aware of the rules I mean yeah, what advice were you given as you were na- navigating your early spaces?
1: Yeah, um I mean, I wasn't really given much advice, actually, like no, yeah. when I think of when we built our mail... Um, mm. there wasn't I mean there wasn't anything like what we were doing in Sheffield and there still isn't really anything like what we were doing in Sheffield when we built it and so um, it was kind of just trying to navigate navigate the space ourselves and that's what we found we found there was a lack of um, people to mentor us or people to go to to kind of get tips or helps from um mm-hmm. and it's something that i've suggested recently to um so for instance then there's a Sheff- sheffield festivals network and i really, really do think that the festival's within Sheffield should have some sort of mentoring scheme um for people who are wanting to start up new festivals or initiatives because when Gabs and I were doing this grassroots festival we didn't have anybody to go to. Luckily we stumbled on um a really nice landlord from one of the pubs in Sheffield. He opened his doors to us and you know <laughs> gave us some guidance. But apart from him there wasn't anybody. So um and that's and that was that was really interesting because I just thought um th- there were people that we approached turned us down. Who we thought would actually help us weren't interested until they saw that we had actually something going. But this this guy, white guy, he took a chance on us and, um, and really and was just so lovely and brilliant mentor to, to start 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 something off. And I just think there definitely needs to be more mentorship going on for for young people who are wanting to start things up afresh yeah. because you know we didn't have anything. I didn't even tell my mum and dad actually about what I was doing because they're they're very much weary and cautious of lots of things and um so i i mean they they don't really know much of what i do <laughs> i don't really tell them anything because it's just too much effort to a try and explain it but also b because they're very quite they're quite old-fashioned and so they're stuck in there like um you know you have one job and this is the job you do whereas i'm obviously <laughs> not like that and i'm multi-dimensional and disciplinary and i've got so many different things going on that i can't that, you know i just can't have one lane and 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 go for it in in that one lane a vast majority of lanes so um yeah I just think yeah and actually don't don't feel afraid to test things or try things out there have been so many um projects or initiatives that I've tried um, and it hasn't worked and then I've had to think go back to the drawing board and think again and um think how I'm going to create something different and i think there's no harm in in failure either there's no harm in realizing actually that's not going to work so what can i do to to create something else that will work um so i think that yeah it's just having belief in yourself and trusting that you've got it you 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 know trust the process
0: mm. <laughs> yeah and like that was very lucky with the with your unexpected mentor um yeah 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 He's uh, lovely. it's lovely yeah. Speaking of lanes, though, um, can you tell us about like other projects and events that you've been involved in? Um,
1: oh, I mean, I've been involved in quite a bit. Um, there was So Africa Festival at um, Sheffield Theatre a couple of years ago. I was the marketing manager for that. Um, what else? The Social Arts Summit um, at Site Gallery. I was the events production manager. Um, what else have I done um, I did the marketing of the launch of the National Video Game Museum in Sheffield um, what else have I involved in I mean currently I'm studying so I'm finishing off my dissertation um, so I'm I'm doing it, my masters is in international public and political communication and my dissertation is looking at the experiences of black women in British journalism so I've literally got six weeks and then I'm done um, and then wow. I'm going to go back to recording my podcasts uh, for the Fat Life podcast. Um, and what else am I going to do? I've got a lot of things in the pipeline,
0: so i have just, yeah, I all just kinda, stuff.
1: yeah, all exciting So I'm just trying to um, get this dissertation done, and then I can actually start being creative yeah. again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, h- how do you unwind? Um, because you know you have a busy schedule, and you like to keep churning.
1: Mm. i mean so that's an interesting question because i don't unwind um and it's something that um keeps popping up (laughs) people keep (laughs) saying you need to chill um and i think (laughs) i guess unwinding is watching like i do watch netflix like there are some weekends where i'll just binge on netflix um but um yeah i'm really rubbish at unwinding um i i think i don't do enough of it at all and it's something that i need to get better at
0: well so i mean I. Well, I think Netflix is a good way to unwind. Though sometimes, depending on what you watch, it's a bit like, oh, God, that's stressed me out more. Um, <laughs> what media or, you know, films, shows, whatever, or literature, podcasts, have you been listening to that you have found very inspirational or, you know, just very informative? Um, so the
1: podcast that I'm currently listening to is is um, called Style Your Mind by Kara. Um, uh, well, yeah, Cara well, actually and um, I really enjoy um, listening to it, she's a white woman and she talks a lot, uh, she's a coach and she talks a lot about sort of styling your life and you know, um, she's just very inspirational and I absolutely love listening to her podcast, they're about 30 minutes, she gets in, a guest on sometimes she'll do like a 30 minute um, or 20 minutes sort of talk herself and it's just a very much, it's just so motivational, so I listen to her podcast while I'm going for a walk um she talks a lot about health as well and um, fitness um and it's interesting watching her career develop because i've been um i mean i've i've got all her books as well and i've been sort of following her career since 2016 um though she has been around uh, before, long before that um but it's interesting how she's developed as a coach um and there was a period where i actually turned off her i wasn't into her stuff because I was a bit like, "Mm, are you actually an intersectional feminist? And, you know, when you start like critiquing people that you're listening to, Um, and I think that, um, well, I obviously, I I still can't work out if she is or isn't, or, um, you know, really, you know, she does, she does post about Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. But, you know, at the back of her mind, I'm still a bit like, "Mm." but I do like listening to her stuff purely for the motivational side of it. I think she's a very motivational woman and, um I just love how she runs her different shit, basically. And she's got like an <laughs> empire of so much stuff. And I'm like, that's what I want. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's really who you are, I've been listening to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Empire, yeah. Uh, and I have two questions that, um, like, I, I didn't send you these uh, beforehand, but I'm just curious. Um, so just in your opinion, how do we think, how do we how do you think we can lift up women of colour?
1: Um, by listening to women of colour, paying women of colour, um trusting women of colour. I think that we don't do enough of that at all and um and it and it's frustrating as well. I mean I'm obviously going through. So I interviewed um, 21 journalists for my dissertation, and it's actually quite sad because a lot of the um, answers that were given to to the questions are very similar, and a lot of it is being overlooked because they're black women. Um, you know, not getting receiving the pay that they should be expecting, mm. and, and 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 I think it's just it's it's very telling off the world today in society today, and I just think. Um, we need to we need to be uplifting um women of colour voices and making sure that they're centre in 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 everything that we do and and not expect women of colour to do the work because yeah. uh, I think that's what happens is that white women expect women of colour to educate them. Especially when it comes to race, Um, well, actually, only when it comes to race. And I think, and it's like that's not what we are here for. The labour isn't on us, but if you are gonna put the labour on us, then pay us. So, yeah, yeah. So um, that's what I would say: trust black women, pay black women, and um, and what was the other thing? Yeah, we'll just do those two for now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I I mean, I think that's. main first two among like a list of many um so yeah just to just to wrap up um can you share uh your plans for this weekend
1: um Coming up. Um what am I gonna do? Just dissertation, nothing exciting. <laughs> literally, dissertation. I think I'm getting really nervous because I've literally I've got five weeks now, so it is um getting to the crunch line of obviously um, deadline. So um I've just my dissertation but the exciting thing is it's my birthday in um three weeks so i and i've got a date as well obviously during lockdown we've not been able to like see anybody (laughs) and i've got a date coming up so um i'm kind of just really um exercising and looking forward to this date and getting my dissertation done so that's kind of uh yeah (laughs)
0: that'll be what i'll be doing Yeah, well, best of luck on your dissertation. It sounds very interesting. Uh, Happy early birthday. Um, Enjoy your day. And thank you so much for being on this podcast. We really appreciate you. Uh,
1: Thanks for inviting me. It's great.